Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today is Friday, August 27th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 423 Featuring the Boston Globe's Gary Washburn is powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code NFL100 for a 100% welcome bonus. All right, what's up, everybody? I guess this is the uh, back-to-school edition of Celtics Beat. For those of you out there with kids, a lot of them get ready to go back come uh, Monday. We are sitting here on a Friday again. Weekend's upon us. We can all let our hair down. Well, Evan's hair is always down. Evan Valenti, Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. I'm Adam Kaufman. And, Gary, you have not been on with us since May. So uh, at, at that point in time, there were a, a lot of things with this team. They were they were still, you know, upon you know, seeking the playoffs at that point. So we were dissecting: Are they going to make it out of the play-in tournament? What roster changes need to happen? And you know, does the front office need an overhaul? What needs to happen on Brad Stevens' bench? Needless to say, much has occurred since we last spoke. So we can get into all that. But here, here's where I want to begin. I don't expect you to know this, but uh, it, it seems there, there's just. Obviously, Bet Online is is a sponsor of this show. There's there's no safer bet in America right now, Gary, than the fact that after Evan and I record a show with whomever it is is kind enough to join us, about two hours later, something significant with the Celtics breaks. So, do you have anything you'd like to get ahead of right now that might be coming up later this afternoon or tonight? No, no, not that I've heard of. No, it's getting to be ridiculous at this point. I re- we recorded. Last week, we stopped, and an hour later, the Rob Williams extension was done, making the entire episode kind of moot because we didn't talk about it at all. So it just really stinks. And that's what was the, it? There was something the week before, too. There's been the Josh Richardson stuff. There's been, you know, signings with coaches. There's been a whole bunch of things that we've missed by hours, and it's just really annoying. So just trying to get in front of it, Gary. Just trying to get in front of the story. That we yeah, can I don't know if you want to, like, text any sources or anything just while we're on so we can make sure that – that we really knock this out of the park before we're done. Sorry, nothing is no. I've, I've, I have no news to report, unfortunately. Nothing imminent. So how, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the Olympics in a little bit. I know you were there. Generally speaking, how's your summer been? Oh, very, like everybody else's, you know. Trying well, not to like everybody else's. I wasn't at the Olympics. Well, yeah, I mean, that, but, <laughs> you know, just like uh, you said, other than the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's been fine. Uh, you know, a lot of changes, obviously, with the Celtics. Um, you know, the COVID situation is, is getting better than worse and better than worse, it seems like. So uh, just trying to, I guess, live day to day, survive, and uh, hopefully make it to basketball season. Yeah, that would be nice. Well, we know it's coming up in October. It's, you know, we're, we're getting back to the norm, which uh, I guess has me thinking, this is something we've discussed in the show in the past. I don't think with you. Did you, even though it, it wasn't the plan, you know, COVID and the pandemic, it just sort of derailed everything and everyone had to adapt, leagues, players, coaches, just everybody in the, in the world had to adapt. Did you like the the Christmas to, to midsummer format? Is that something you would have liked to have stuck around? Or do you like that, you know, now we're getting back to what has been the traditional normal and starting in the fall and going to June? No, I, I, I'm glad we're back to the normal schedule. I don't, I mean, the late July NBA finals or I just thought that was too, too long. Um, and starting, you know, the Christmas 
the, oh, we should start on Christmas. No, like, no, I don't think we should start the season on Christmas or you're basically at the NFL playoffs and uh, it's just too late. Basketball is a fall winter sport. Uh, so, I, yeah, and then playing into deep into late into summer. And then I don't think that's good. I, I, I like the October start and the June finish. Look, you can say what most of us were thinking, Gary. Damn it, the NBA was stealing our summer. We don't want to be up late watching yeah, games. I mean, what it, yeah, it, like going out and doing stuff. Yeah, bumped into the Olympics. It was kind of strange there. Um, but no, I, you know, whatever ideas didn't come up with is fine. I mean, we want to try new things. Want to try new things. I have no problem with that. But I think the schedule is fine. You know, we're not going to go to eight. We're not going to go to sixty-six games. This is not going to happen. Owners are not going to give up seven home gates hmm. without taking money from the players. And the players are not going to give up any money. So the whole, we should play 66 games. That's the better. That's great. Just like 130 games in baseballs, you know, and we should play 14. And it felt like <laughs> we're not doing that. So uh, this is like, you know, it's fantasy land. We're going the opposite guys, way with football, though. We're, we're adding more games. Yeah, adding games. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if you ever saw, I, I don't know if you ever saw the Rodney Dangerfield movie, Back to School. Yeah. And the, and the, uh, and the professor is, trying to bring out this, you know, create this economic world where all this happens. And Rodney Tanger feels like, well, the feds are going to want their part of this and the, <laughs> and the union's going to want this. And, and then he goes, well, what should we call our, what should we call this land? And then Rodney Tanger goes, fantasy land, because yeah. it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's the same thing with, the, you know, like, you know, the, the 66 game season and it's fantasy land. Like no one's going to give money back. You realize that that's less money for the league, it's less games. So who's gonna who's gonna give the money back? Nobody. So let's move on to eighty-two and October through June. I think Gary, if I had outlined for you and for Evan what the Celtics would look like right now, top to bottom, when we spoke back in mid-May, you might have called that fantasy land. Danny Ainge, gone, Brad Stevens in that role now, Ime Odoka, the head coach. The assistants totally, you know, transforming the bench with the exception of Joe Missoula. We got an NBA veteran on there now in uh, Damon Stoudemire, who uh, Evan and I are very excited about. And it was, you know, certainly the the kind of guy that you spoke with about us or with us, you know, a few months back, that type of guy you want to add on the bench. Kemba Walker's gone. Evan Fournier's gone. Uh, Jemmy Ojale's gone. You've got uh, Al Horford back and Josh Richardson's here and Chris Dunn is theoretically here we'll see how long that lasts bruno fernando uh dennis schroeder is here the the list goes on of of what has happened in the last few months and and obviously the extensions marcus smart and robert williams richardson got an extension before putting on a boston jersey overarching thoughts on just what this has looked like the last few months as the celtics well as wick grosbeck has kind of put it retool or as opposed to rebuild i guess well it's obvious the preparation is for the summer of 2022 um, and trying to chase pursue a maximum free agent. Everybody has the Bradley Beal thing. I'm not so sure about that. I think Beal has a real connection to Washington and the Wizards are going to try all they can as they did this offseason by answer, adding uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Montrezl Harrell, and continuous call. Like they're going to try to be competitive and convince um, Beal that that's the place to stay. So I do think that they're preparing for 2023 or 2022. You know, they're trying to just lay out their salaries. I think it's smart. Um, I think people were a little upset that they weren't really active in free agency, but they also, you know, Brad also spent, has spent the time making up for Danny's mistakes, um, moving Tristan Thompson, moving, um, Kimba Walker, um, you know, being able to get the, the shrewd, uh, pun intended, and get the mm-hmm. shrewder with that shrewd deal, like waiting, waiting it, waiting it out and seeing what happened there. And he eventually, obviously, agreed to that, you know, less than $6 million deal. Um, so I think Brad is just, he's equipping this team to be sneaky good. Um, obviously, they're not going to be the top 
favorites. You're going to, you know, you're Brooklyn and Milwaukee, and then you're going to throw Miami in there, and then uh, the Hawks and the Knicks are going to be back, and then Charlotte's a team I think that's rising and it's going to be good. And you know, you can throw Indiana. Let's see what happens in Chicago, et cetera. But I think this team can be pretty good. Um, you still have Brown and Tatum. You got Schroeder as you're now your point guard and smart. Like they have a chance to be pretty good. And I think what Brad has done is he set up the salary uh, structure to where they can be flexible next year. He got up under the Walker contract. Um, you know, he still hasn't really addressed the bench in terms of like they're still um, – we still have Grant on the roster in terms of, uh, you know, the Celtics. Carson Edwards is still around. We'll see what happens. We don't know Jabari what happens. Jabari Parker too, right? Huh? Jabari, Jabari Parker, Parker too, right? We don't know what's going to happen with Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando. Um, so there's some still some issues to address there. No one – they still have that second two-way contract they haven't used. So, you know, they, but I think Brad has done a, a, a solid job, a good job at cleaning up some of the messes in the roster, creating more flexibility for the future, um, bringing Al back, which I think will have a great influence on Robert Williams, and trying to just see, okay, we have two all-stars and we have a former all-star in Horford. We have a, a player with a lot to prove in Josh Richardson. We have another player who wants to get $100 million next year in Schroeder. Like, let's see how this combination works and see if they can be that, that kind of Miami from two years ago where, mm. you know, they just snuck up on people because they got really good as the season progressed. You mentioning uh, Tristan Thompson being gone reminded me too. Another guy I didn't mention because I didn't mention Thompson being gone. Uh, and his Cantor is another one that's back. And, yeah, and those guys sort of the juxtaposition between them, not only in that they're both bigs, but uh, you know, all the reported concerns anyway in the locker room concerning Thompson. Cantor is, is the antithesis of that comes in not only as being very cheap, but you know, the ultimate glue guy team guy. So uh, yeah, I mean, Brad is certainly remaking this thing and I'm sure Evan, you have plenty of thoughts on your mind as well. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the one thing we've always talked about is, you know, you don't play your end of the bench guys all the time, but having experience into your bench is valuable. Um, and, yeah, they still have some of the younger guys like Grant and Carson there, and we'll see with, you know, Romeo, if he can stay healthy, we'll, we'll find out there. Um, you know, Neesmith's going to be a player that probably plays for them a little bit more than I think people expect. Um, but they, they're starting to try and figure out, exactly what they need to do to really enhance the Jays, so to speak. And I think by adding some of the guys they have, and they, they're still, you know, they always talk about, you know, there's, we're not totally fin- finalized on our roster yet. There's still something they can use. Um, there's a couple of trade exceptions that they might be able to use to, to maybe pull a guy out of somewhere. I'm still enthralled with the idea of trying to get uh, slow-mo Anderson on this team. Um, I just love the way he plays and it would be a great addition, but again, they, they have some things that they can do. Uh, there, but everything, the, just the mood around this team changed, and I and I think we've talked about this with Gary quite a bit. Like they need different blood, they need different, you know, mindset. They need different, just a different set of eyes, ears, you know, different brain in there. And they've completely done that in about three months. And it's to me truly remarkable that they've done that and been able to maybe get a little bit better in the process. I mean, like you know, you swap out some guys here, some guys there. I think this team, just on paper, and I mean, we're all, we're talking on paper and playing games yet. It makes a little more sense to me, Gary. Does not make more sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that they were able to make the changes that were necessary, get some of the guys out that maybe weren't as uh, productive as they as they like. Um, we'll see what happens with the new email era. You know. Um, he really, had, I mean, since he was hired, he really, he, he talked a little bit in summer league, but, but really like what's his plan, what's his defensive and offensive strategies. You know, he's talked about using Marcus Smart more as a ball handler. Like what's, how is this going to translate um, with guys like Hardy and Stoudemire on his staff? I don't know if he'll add uh, some more uh, coaches to the staff uh, in the near future, but let's see how that works. I think that there's, Definitely a level of excitement. I think there's a level of like change needed to happen. I think that, you know, I don't think that Tatum and Brown were all broken up. I mean, Brad's still around. 
you know, but I don't think they were all broken up about the coaching change. I think they probably thought maybe we do need some fresh blood. I think the organization did need a shakeup. Um, and it's got that, not entirely, but with Danny gone and Brad kind of taking over. And we'll see how the power structure goes in the organization, whether it's just all Brad. You know, it's, it's a lot. Um, a lot of questions to be answered over the next couple of months. Uh, but I think there is definitely a renewed vigor with the Celtics in terms of like some of the new guys in the roster. They're going to, they're bringing in some hungry guys. Um, you know, I thought Tristan, I thought the Tristan thing would work out, but I think Tristan is at the point in his career where he's more concerned. Like there's a lot of off the court things I thought that were distracting, you know, his off the court life and, and, and things like that. I'm not saying he didn't play hard or, but how much does he really – he's got his chip. How much did he really, really want to win? Mm-hmm. Or, or is it okay, I just want to play in the league until they kick me out? You know, some people have that type of approach, you know. Not saying he's not a winner. He's an NBA champion. But um, – and who knows how everything went down last year with COVID. We were not able to see a lot of things. Like we you know, still have no idea the impact that Evan Turner had on the roster. You know, like what did he do? Was it positive, negative? Like obviously he's not back. Um, but what what happened there? Was that a, just a big swing and a miss from Brad to bring back a guy who was really, really just retired? Um, so there's a lot of questions about last year. Maybe some of them will be revealed um, over the next few months when guys start talking about what happened and and, you know, the chemistry, et cetera. But something obviously wasn't right about last year. I think there's a renewed excitement about this year, though. And that makes should make Celtic fans happy. On that bench, because, again, we, we've spent a lot of time with you talking about it prior to all of this happening. Damon Stoudemire, some of the other veteran assistant coaches that Ime Odoka has a past history with, be it in San Antonio or Philadelphia, Brooklyn, you know, just as as guys do. You know, it's a business where – you know, you, you bring in people that you know, that you trust, that you think you work well with. He's filled out that bench. I don't know if he's going to continue to add to it. Do you like the look of it right now? Do you like bringing in a guy like Stoudemire in particular? He's certainly the the biggest name that is there. Yeah, I mean, Hardy's a, a very good coach. Stoudemire's a guy who's, you know, coached the last couple of years in college, so he's dealt with the young guys. I think the players remember him playing. I mean, he was a very, very, very good player. Uh, during his years, obviously the, the mighty mouse years, uh, just the guy who could, could put the ball in the hoop. I think he'll bring some uh, another youthful guy into the staff, a guy who's proven, done it on that level. I think that's a very good addition. Um, you know, I just think Ime is going to bring what I think is a kind of a freshness, but a, I think more of a disciplinary approach. I don't think he's going to be easy on these guys and and buddies with him and hanging out with him, I think he's going to understand that they need to be pushed. They need to be coached to get to that next level. The goal is to have Brown and Tatum reach that elite top 15 level. Jason's very upset, rightfully so, that he didn't make all NBA um, because if you look at some of the other selections, Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. missed 20-something games, Kyrie, sat out a week just to get his chill on or to, to figure things out. He, he made it. And here's Tatum playing through COVID. Um, we could barely breathe at times on the floor. And he had a 60-point game and a 53-point game. And he still doesn't make it. So I think there's a he's got a legitimate gripe, and he should be, have something to prove. And, honestly, he came away as the second-best player on Team USA. I mean, you could maybe include Drew, Drew Holiday in that conversation, but behind Durant, Tatum was the most reliable scorer on Team USA and did make some defensive play. So mm-hmm. I think he has something to prove. Jalen's coming off his injury. Um, hopefully for the Celtic faithful, he's healthy and ready to go by training camp. We'll have to check on that. Um, you got two cornerstones ready to roll. And then you got guys now who don't have to worry about their contracts, Smart and Williams, and even Richardson. They're not – no one's coming in besides Schroeder. No one's coming in with like, oh man, I gotta like, I got some contract issues. I'm gonna be a free agent next year. I think signing Richardson to an extension was a smart move. I think I've always liked Richardson. I don't know what happened in Dallas. It was like, it was, I don't think he was terrible in Dallas. He just didn't have the great numbers. 
I liked him. I always thought he hurt the Celtics when he played in Philadelphia. Um, he was a, he was able to hit the three ball. He could defend. I like Richardson as a player. I don't know why there were people so down on him about Dallas or he lost some minutes or whatever, and things can happen. But I think he's good for a bounce back year. Um, the Marcus Smart extension, wow. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, will Mark, I think Marcus comes off a very tough year. He made some on-court mistakes, some mental mistakes. He wasn't a good, good defender as he was. You're injured at times. He had missed a month with the ankle injury, the other calf injury. So does Marcus have something to prove? So I think what Brad was able to do was to get these guys on contracts. They're not worried about the deals. Now they can just ball. Okay, everybody signed. Everybody's back except Dennis Schroeder. Um, and so when you only have one guy, and I think a couple years ago when that team with Rozier and Marcus Morris and Kyrie, you had everybody worried about their deals, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, in my opinion, this team, you don't have those concerns. So it should be throw the ball on the court, go at each other like crazy, make each other better, and try to make some noise in the East. Does it make sense to you that Brad and, and this organization, obviously, I mean, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, that goes without saying, but adding Marcus Smart and, and Robert Williams, by virtue of the extensions, adding them to, to that that undisputed core, that this is – this is our core four, you know, not to say no one could be traded down the road or anything like that, but this is our core four right now. You know, we're, we're giving big money, certainly to smart Williams. I, I think that deal could turn out to be a steal if he can just stay on the floor, but does the makeup of this make sense to you? Was it the right approach? Yeah, I thought the, I thought the Williams extension was interesting. I mean, I've hit the nine block game against Memphis, Memphis, Brooklyn in, in game one. He really affected it. And then he got hurt again, you know, um, the whole thing he was in was keeping him on the floor. But it is a tradable contract. So you can move 11 to $12 million a year. That's a very movable contract in today's NBA economics. So I think it was, it was good for him to be able to sign a deal to show that they had faith in him, but also with incentives and also knowing that you will, if you were healthy, you could have made more. I mean, he could have made 20 mm-hmm. if, he was, if he had played – Instead of 100, I think 113 games over three years, he plays he plays 160, uh, 170. He probably makes eight nine million dollars more a year. Um, he may he may push the 20 level if he has that type of impact. But now he's got something to push for. And the same, I think, was smart. Um, he was going to enter a walk year. He you know he's still he the contract is still tradable, like like Williams's contract is. So I don't think that that's like, oh, man, it's going to be an anchor of a deal where they're going to be stuck with him. And he's only Especially 20. the new I mean, TV money coming in. Yeah, and believe it or not, I mean, Marcus is literally just 27. <laughs> like, you know, he's still he's still a young – he's a he's still a, considered a young veteran, although, you know, he, he'll, he'll – this contract will be until his, 30, until his 30s. But I, I think that you give him that kind of security, I think he'll prove how much he, – he'll show how much he, he'll – He's willing to win and wants to, wants to win and wants to be great, wants the team to be great. I think the thing that's great for them, the organization, is not having a bunch of players worried about their deals. Not having a bunch of players have to go for mine. I got I to gotta get these incentives. I got to show everybody else I can play. I got to figure out what I'm going to do next year, where I'm going to live, where my family's going to be. Like, There's no issues with that on this roster, you know, besides a canter. Some guys are on one-year deals, but well, the core – players are all locked in except Schroeder and you know that'll figure itself out he'll play with his you know hair on fire to get that new deal that he that he felt like he missed out on um and he turned down with the Lakers but I think that I think the the stage is set for a very surprisingly good year for the Celtics yeah and you talk about that that hangover that that looms over your head of the the deal that you you might not get, you might get that financial security, et cetera, et cetera. I was listening to Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor talk about that. And Vernon actually mentioned smart by name like that, you know, it did affect his play last year and, you know, his injuries obviously wasn't the same, but like that, not every guy deals with that really well. You know, you have certain guys that in contract years play out of their minds, right there. And they're, it's like just this, this like, you know, that one year where it all clicks, and they're shooting 43% from three and moving the ball, all that stuff. But 
with Marcus, do you think it really had that effect on him? Do you think that having that, you know, you know, he's in a walk year next year, uh, he's extension eligible. You know, do you think that not having that financial security really affected him last season? I don't know if it affected him. I think I think that he came off last year trying to do a little too much. Um, the, the year that you know he wanted to push it to the next level, then he got hurt. And I think as as a defender, um, I think he slipped some. I think you know the so he, he didn't make some smart plays. The the flagrant against San Antonio, uh, and you know, the, the, the boneheaded half court shot against the Pelicans, uh, you know, things that were like, come on, Marcus, what's, what's going on, man. Is it, you know, I think that there was something to him that was going on and it could have been, and he meant, he kind of alluded to that. And then he was getting over COVID. We had COVID one of the first guys. COVID. So I just think there was a lot going on with him. And I think this does give him peace of mind. Um, and I think any players like that, especially when you're looking at like, well, what, what, who, who's going to value me? How much money am I going to make? Um, that can really affect you. So now he knows Boston loves him. Uh, he knows the Celtics love him. Brad loves him. He may want some a bit bigger role. He could be the key to this team this year. If he can distribute distributor, less of a shooter, um, and play the right way all the time, this team could be very good. Um the dynamic between him and Schroeder will be interesting. Both of them like to shoot. Schroeder, I like I like his game. He likes to score. Um, you know, I thought he was a good, solid player last year for the Lakers. Not great, um, but he'll have something to prove. So let's see how that dynamic works out. I think it'll be very interesting. Gary, if that chirping was breaking news, don't ignore it. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> no, no. We listen. If there's, I don't want to see a tweet from you this afternoon. It's like five o'clock. You know. It, Celtics reportedly interested in trading. So, no, oh, I know no, not Jackie. today, Gary. I actually just oh. refreshed my Twitter just to make sure I didn't miss anything. I'm like, no, nothing's going on. <laughs> you say that. Quick break to tell you it's that time of the year again. All eyes turn to football. Teams are back on the gridiron to start football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. It's open now. Bet online. Head uh, over to the website. Use your mobile device if you'd like. Sign up today. Receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of the opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and, of course, Dak Prescott's Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. It is fun with football coming up, but uh, sticking with the Celtics here, Gary. So we've talked about a lot of the members of this team in general, because uh, look, I, I think we're very like-minded on this. And, and I know Bobby Marks of ESPN, the former executive in the NBA, as we know with Brooklyn, uh, you know, high on Boston, he said on, on, Instagram, I guess, on Tuesday to, to read his quote. Let's see here. He said, I'm going to make a bold prediction, and I don't like making predictions. I'm going to say the Boston Celtics are going to be a top four team in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami, and Boston. Not sure on the order. Sorry, Sixers fans. I think they are heading into turmoil this year. I'm not putting any eggs in that Sixers basket. I just think people are sleeping on the Celtics. I think they're under the radar. I think there's no question they are a considerably deeper team than they were last year. You know, you can talk about what they lose in Kemba Walker. Problem, obviously, is that Walker was very inconsistently on the floor, couldn't play back-to-backs. Fournier, you know, he's he's a name. You know, he had a, a good career in Orlando, but he never was in Boston, say, say for the, you know, random game, what he was there with the Magic, what the Celtics hoped to acquire. COVID had a lot to do with that, obviously. They're both gone. They're Knicks. I think the Celtics, top to bottom, there's a lot of depth if they can stay on the floor. They were hit harder by injuries and COVID than any other team in the NBA last year. If they can get themselves right and just be available, I think this can be a very good team. Yeah, and the expectations aren't high. Um, and you've got, you know, Brown coming back to the, to the, to the mix. Um, we'll see how the dynamic with Schroeder and Richardson. 
I think you got a lot of guys who want to win and know that they can probably do it there and, and they'll take advantage of that opportunity. I do think they could be a very sneaky, good team. Um, you know, Cantor can, can bring you some energy and offensive rebounding off the bench. Horford, I think, still has something left. I think some of his games in Oklahoma City, City were very good. I don't think he's going to come to – I don't think – obviously he's not the, the Al of five years ago, but I do think he can add a dynamic to the team. He can stretch the floor. He'll be playing a more comfortable role where he may will use them. So I think that there's all types of possibilities with this team. It's not that third superstar that Brooklyn has. Um, or even if you look at uh, Milwaukee with Holiday and Middleton, in mm-hmm. addition to Giannis. And then now Miami has Butler and uh, Lowry and, you know, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, uh, you know, and those guys down there. So Bulls got some talent too. I don't know if they're going to stop anybody, but they can score. I didn't hear you. What team? Bulls. 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 Yeah, I'm not, I just don't trust the Bulls. I don't, I'm I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, we've heard about the Bulls the last three years as a rising team. Now they got DeRozan. you know, Kobe White's good, Vucevic, you know. Yeah, Lonzo. Yeah, Lonzo, we'll see how that goes. And Levine, um, we'll see how that goes. I'm just not sold on the Bulls yet as, like, a legit contender. When You got to win 40 games. You know, they, I see them <laughs> as winning 45 games. Yep, I, I'm I'm all on that train. Um, I'm, I don't know about, you know, 56. But, yeah. um I, I just think that they, they have, a, they have an opportunity to be good. Um, it all depends on the chemistry, and it all depends on, you know, Doka's new approach, fresh blood, fresh voices, fresh faces. You know, I mean, it was just they, everybody, they cleaned house. You know, Jamie Young gone, mm-hmm. Drum Allen gone, Scott Morrison gone, um, you know, Evan Turner gone. Like, it's just, we'll see how that all translates to – winning and how that translates to them being, you know, punching first, get out on this, you know, get out on the schedule and start, you know, just defending, being a much better defensive team. That's well, it's clear team. that's the office, the emphasis of many of these moves this off season too. Right. I mean, between like, you've already that's got obviously yeah. the Jays and, and smart and Williams, but you bring back Horford, you bring in Schroeder, you bring in Richardson, you bring in Dunn. Like, I mean, defense, Brad always wanted that to be the calling card. Emay listening to him, that's the calling card. That's the focus right now. Yeah, it, sh- it should be. So I-, I think that they have a real chance to be good. It's just all a matter of chemistry, what condition Brown is in. Is he healthy? Um, you know, we haven't heard anything from Schroeder yet. We'll see what, what he says. I'll have to wait till media day in a month or whatever. But I, I think they have a chance. They have talent. Like, this is not – like, I think the one thing that was problem last year is once you got past, like, the sixth or seventh guy on this team, it was like, what the hell? And even <laughs> you've got Pritchard and Neesmith who are coming back um, who are going to help, too. Both are they getting solid. buried, though? I, I think that they'll have to fight for minutes. I think uh, with, with, with Richardson, who could play the backcourt position, and Smart and Schroeder, Pritchard's going to have to fight for minutes. And we'll see what Neesmith and, and Langford can bring. And we don't know about Grant Williams. Like, is that, you know, with Horford and Williams, Robert Williams there, is Grant like the third big? Um, is he fighting with Cantor for minutes? Is Brad going to play him at a 3-4? Like, you know, he, he can play different positions. He's not necessarily good at all those positions, but he can defend and try to, you know, do something at the 3-4 and 5. So I think he's got a chance to fight for minutes. I think, yeah, like the young guys are going to have to fight for minutes, but I think seeing them in summer league and seeing like they're all attempting to, to take the next step. Somebody does still have to go too. I mean, with 16 guaranteed contracts, yes. I'm not saying that's Grant necessarily. Maybe it's Parker or, or I don't know. I mean, maybe Dunn gets traded. Maybe it's Fernando. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but some, somebody on this somebody's got to go won't be here. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody or have their contract. Translate to a two-way. Someone's right. going to have to go. Yeah, and I don't um, think anyone fits the two-way criteria. No, and so you know, and Dunn makes five million. So you'd like to trade him instead of eating that. You don't know about is it is it Carson Edwards? Is it Parker? Like we, 
it's, it's, a, it's a lot of little moving parts, little moves that need to be made, um, you know, over the next few weeks, uh, you know, but what I think for the core, I think that they, they, they can be a solid, very, very good club. Yeah. I'm trying to find a way to keep Fernando on this roster. I love what he brought in summer league. And, you know, if you're going to have Grant Williams as a backup small ball five, and you have Enos Cantor as, you know, you're, you're third big on the depth chart. Like you're, you're thin and Robert Williams is, a, a, you know, injury risk. And if you have him in Horford, who's in his thirties, like you just need bodies and like Bruno, like, okay, is he six, eight, six, nine? Yeah, sure. But that guy, you never question his energy. You never question his hustle plays defense. I, I I'm finding a way to keep him on the roster and you know, with the amount of guards they've had, you know, it's whatever. I just think, well, plus he needs to be there for KG's retirement night. Right, exactly. Which is yeah, that's, huge that's, Garnett fan. I wanted to, well, oh. <laughs> I did want to under. I, I wanted to get to that later in the show potentially. I don't know if we want to roll into that now, but you Whatever know, you want. There's the there's the this KG number retirement has certain people feeling certain types of ways. Like I love KG, one of my favorite uh, Celtics of recent memory for sure. Uh, changed the culture of this team, and obviously they don't hang banner 17 without KG and without Ray Allen, without Paul Pierce, without James Posey, and everybody on that team contributing. But a lot of the big question is, is Kevin Garnett's number worthy of retirement considering the history of the Boston Celtics, Gary Washburn? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, if, if you in comparison to some of the other guys that have been retired. Yeah. Well, that's what it is, right? It's all relative. Like I kind of relate. I kind of relate. I kind of relate it, but it's it's not. Hopefully, this is blasphemy. Kind of a Dennis Johnson, where he played, you know, like he he had he played somewhere else. His best years, like Dennis Johnson, was a lockdown defender with Phoenix and Seattle. Like he won a championship in Seattle. He was a lockdown elite point guard in Seattle. He comes to Boston a little older and then leads them to the, um, you know, championships, you know, the two championships. Was he, I don't know if he was, was he on the 81 team? Was that? Hmm. I think it's two. I think it's two. Yeah. I think 84 and 86, because I think it was Nate Archibald was obviously was was the kind of elite guard in the 81 team. So here comes DJ. And I just think he got his number retired and God bless him. Uh, you know, one championship with Boston joined them in 83, 84. Okay. So 80, 84 and 86. 86. Was he on the team in 86? I was on the team in 86. Yeah. He was on the team in 86. Okay. So it should be two then. Oh, yeah. you know what? I take it back. I was looking at his all-star seasons. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. So he wins yeah. two titles. So I, I kind of related to that. Like he wasn't there 12, 13 years. He was there like seven, I want to say seven or eight. And I don't have a problem with KG getting his number retired uh, because he changed the entire culture of the franchise. Uh, I, I'm not a big, you know, I've written about this in the past. You can go back and, and look at some of the guys, Bill Sharman mm. and Frank Lasky and, uh, you know, some of the guys who have their numbers retired. And, is it, and especially in this generation where – we don't remember these players. We never saw them play. The YouTube video is grainy. Um, they're, they're wearing low-top chucks. It, it's, it's, it denigrates their accomplishments at the time. Um, so I don't want to speak out against, well, they should, you know, all those guys from the 60s except Russell and Kuzi, they should just re- reinstate their numbers. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to say that. I can't say how valuable a player Casey Jones was, Sam Jones was. Um, and yeah, they took cool numbers. You know, there's no cool numbers anymore. 21's taken, <laughs> 22's retired, 23's retired, 24's retired, 25's retired. Um, you know, 33's retired, 34's retired, 32's retired, like mm-hmm. 31's retired, like 10's retired, 15's retired, 14's retired. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, now five's retired, like you just, it is what it is. I mean, look, you know, look no further than Jason Tatum. Dude's got to be number zero. Yeah. yeah. So zero, and that's going to be if he, you know, that's going to be retired. Like, it's going to be, you know, where guys are wearing football numbers out there. <laughs> and it is what it is. I, you know, 
do I think they put, pull, pull the trigger a little too quickly in the 60s on retiring all these guys' numbers? You know, did they know that the future, that did they see that Cowens and Havlicek and JoJo White and all those guys were coming? Um, you know, probably no, because, I mean, you can't even wear, like, 14 through – 14 through 19 are all retired. It's crazy. Like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 are all retired. 20 isn't, but 21 through 25 is retired. Like, it is it is what it is. It's funny, but it, it was like you, you have the preeminent franchise of the 60s. A lot of those guys deserved it at that particular time. You can't take it back. Yeah. Uh, right. Do I think exactly. Barnett? I think they'll be a little bit more selective, obviously in current times. You know, because if you would ask, well, does Ray Allen deserve to have his number retired? Um, you know, he 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 played a year less than Garnett. He helped to the championship. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, some guys, if you're a Hall of Famer, you get your number retired wherever you went, like yeah. Will Chamberlain and some of these guys who played two or three years in a place and got the number retired because they were a Hall of Famer. Oscar Robertson, Robertson in Milwaukee, in addition to Cincinnati. So it's 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 a it's Those a just debate. teams desperate to retire numbers though. Huh? Those are some yes. of the teams that are just desperate some to retire. Some of those teams numbers. are. Some of those teams yeah. are. But I also think it in Boston, you can't go back on history. There's nothing no. you can really do. It is what it is. Um I, I think I think he ha- deserves to have his number retired because he changed the entire direction of the franchise. You guys were were around mm-hmm. in the in the early and mid two thousands. The losing streaks. The oh, we're our future is Gerald Green, Orion Green, Al Jefferson. That's our. <laughs> those are our guys. That are going to you know book it. We're going we're going to the finals with those guys. Like it just didn't work. Like the youth movement. Let's. Let's let's be bad for years and draft young. No, I was all in on Ryan Gomes. I was all yeah, in. They got, they got to the conference final in what? Oh two, oh three. Whatever yeah, to, and they lost to a bad, like a really bad Nets team. Yeah. Like the Nets, the, those two Nets teams that made the finals, solid teams, but the, the East was bad during the yeah. Indiana team that made the final, watching the Lakers, the Philly team that lost four one. Like, like until the Pistons kind of came up. And then uh, Pacers then, had that window. Yeah, the the Pistons. Yeah, we can talk about that. The brawl, but yeah, great doc. If anyone hasn't watched it on Netflix, Pistons yet, in '04, and then here comes Shaq, changes everything in science. Miami, the West was ruling things. The East had some really bad teams, like the Knicks of '99 that made the finals. Mm. The Pacers, the like you look at the the East from like '98. After the obviously the you know co- coincides with some dude retiring in Chicago, yep. <laughs> um, from '98 to '08 until until like the big three, you would think like the best team. But there was only really two really champions, and that was the '06 Heat and the '04 Pistons. So you can say, yeah, they made the conference finals against the the Nets, but the East was terrible back then. It just was it was it was awful. And, and and they were able to obviously rebuild. There were some shifts and power shifts in terms of players and all that. So I think if you remember how bad it was in um, Boston and you remember what Garnett and Allen, too, did to the franchise and brought the swagger back to the Celtics, you, and then the rest of it, his, his entire career – He's a Hall of first ballot Hall of Famer. You gotta, you gotta retire. I agree, and it's it's relative. You know, like you said, you compared it to some of the people that that they've already retired. It's not like some of these organizations that have five retired numbers, and you know, Garnett wouldn't fit a certain criteria. He does in Boston, so it makes sense. You know, th- this reminded me of something that has nothing to do with. Well, it could do with the Celtics, but it has nothing to, to do with this year's Celtics, that's for sure. But something I was talking about with somebody yesterday, and 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 it's so perfect for you, too, being not only a, a guy who covers the Celtics, but the entire NBA as the national reporter for the Boston Globe. If I can play editor for a second, here's a piece that I would I would love to read if you have any interest in writing it at some point during this year. So this is obviously the 75th anniversary of the NBA. 
And as I'm sure you remember, and I do, heck, I got the DVD behind me that Denzel Washington narrated. 25 years ago, the NBA puts out its top 50 players. What I'm curious to know, and I don't expect you to do this off the top of your head, which is why I say I'd love to read it. I'm very curious. I don't know if the NBA plans to put out its 75 and 75. I hope they do. They are. Yes. Great, because I'm interested in seeing that. I'm curious. I guess what I'm most curious to see is if anybody, because so many great players have come along in the last 25 years, you know, truly transcendent players. If there are enough that have come along in the last 25 years or guys who were, you know, two years into their career in 96 that, you know, have gone on to be Hall of Famers, obviously. Yes, if, yes, if, yes, if, yes. If any of them. It's going to be 25 guys. Yes. Well, but so what I'm wondering, though, is if there if there are enough that have come along since that it's going to bump any of the 50, yes, the yes. original 50 out. Yes. Like yes. is Lenny Wilkins out of the top 75? Or Jerry you know Lucas I mean? or Sam, I think Sam Jones. Or, um, yes, it's going to be sticky. Yeah. I'm because really curious you to look see what at it, like. you look at it, okay, it was 96, 97 year. Shaq was the only player to make that team from that, from that era, mm-hmm. okay, um, that was, like, still relatively young. You know, Shaq came into the league in 92. Okay. So look at the draft class of 96, Okay, Kobe, he's in. It's Ray Allen. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Nash, right? Yeah. Okay, seventy top seventy five. Yeah. Um, if you look, Iverson, you got to put him in there, right? I think so. Four guys already, and that's just from the draft class of '96. We haven't talked about '03. We haven't. I haven't mentioned Tim Duncan. No. I haven't mentioned Kevin Garnett. Um. I haven't mentioned if you, like this Tracy McGrady like that that mm. he could be on the bubble. We're not. And Carmelo we, we Anthony. Even, huh, yeah, Carmelo. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to 03 yet, right? right? We haven't got. We haven't gotten there. I, Pierce. Yeah, I think Pierce belongs. I mean, heck, there are a lot of people that put Pierce as the fourth best Celtic. Dirk. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's. I just, I just mentioned seven guys, and we haven't even gotten to the 2000s. Yeah, I haven't hit LeBron yet or Durant. No, we have not hit the class of 03. We haven't had Steph, Harden, Durant. Right. Uh, like some of I, – I was working – Giannis, you're, yeah. you're going to have to put Giannis on that team, right? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Harden, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, Westbrook? Yeah. I would put him yeah. on there. I mean, historically, okay. with the numbers, man, I mean, it's going to be hard. And then here, I'll, Car- I'll, read you, I'll read you guys right now. I'll read you guys a bunch of – because I was – I'm on the list right now. Yeah. Yesterday, just kind of screwing around. And I'll read you a bunch of guys, Gary, that you tell me – like, stop me if you feel one of these guys does not belong on the top 75. LeBron, Kobe, Durant, Duncan, Wade, Curry, Dirk, Pierce, Garnett, Nash, Kidd, Giannis, Iverson, maybe Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're ready to put Luca there yet. No. I wouldn't think so, but some people are going to talk about him. Westbrook. If Shaq made it in his fourth year. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You could argue for Luca. Remember, Shaq made it. That was a 96, 97 year. Shaq had just yep. gotten to the Lakers. Like, that was not three championships, Shaq. That was right. four No, he hadn't won anything Shaq. yet. Yes, he had not won anything. So, what, what do you? What about Dennis Rodman? Yeah, Rodman, Westbrook, Harden, Vince Carter, Chris Paul, Jason McGrady on the bubble. Uh, Always in the bubble. You know, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Damian Lillard, Carmelo Anthony. Like that's like twenty five guys yeah, right that's there. Twenty five guys. So, excuse me, like Jerry Lucas, guys that people don't like. I think Jerry Lucas is a remarkable player. Like I, but. When I did when I did uh, my top fifty, I got so much heat about Jerry Lucas, and people didn't look up his numbers. They don't really really remember Jerry Lucas. Yeah. His, late in his career, he played with the Knicks and won a title, but he was a beast, right? Sure. Bob Pettit, you just hope they that Dave Boucher, yeah, Dave Boucher, like Billy Sam Cunningham, say, get the hell yeah, off. Sam, this it's going to be it all depends on who's voting. Yeah, there's supposed to be some ex players, media. The young people are not going to get this. Like, this is going no. to separate the generations even further. Yeah. There's already an ocean between 
basketball generations of people who think LeBron is the greatest or Jordan oh, yeah. or whatever, right? This is going to – because the young people are going to be like, well, what about Trey Young? Or what yeah, about, yeah. you know, like – Yeah, who the, who the hell is George Mikan? Yeah, yes. they're going to leave way off Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Get him you know, off the list. I've never even heard of him. Like they're gonna, they're gonna ask. They're gonna be like, well, you know, what about what about this guy? You know, this. What about Luca? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they're gonna ask questions. Anthony Davis. What about him? What about Clay Thompson? Clay's one seventy five all the time. Yeah. That's an argument. What about Draymond? Draymond's headed to the Hall of Fame. Is he? He's he's on the bubble. Yeah. But it's a debate, right? Yeah. It's, this that's the thing this is going to start a lot of stuff like because the young folks already are like they don't even remember they, they don't even Hal Greer. They're, yeah, they're those, like how Greer <laughs> Julius Irving was okay but you know like <laughs> what about like George Gervin what you know yeah. well, like they don't relate they can't they don't understand right and then you got the guys George who were fairness could become a bubble guy Dominique Wilkins Dominique so Wilkins didn't make it. There were guys that didn't make it who were Wilkins you know, Dominique on Wilkins. the 50 list? Oh, the, he did not he make is, it. He is not on the he's not on no. the, I the list in front of me. He's not on the list. That did not make the list. Yeah, he's, make the, you've got to put him in the 75. Artist Gilmore didn't make the list, if I if I'm not mistaken. Artie um, Gilmore not on the list. Yeah, I mean, there were guys who even then were pissed that they didn't make the list. Sure. We're going to be like, oh, what's up now? We got 25 more spots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then guys like Chris Mullen. Yeah. Mitch Richmond. Mitch, guys who are on the – Mitch Richmond, who's, who's in the hall. Like, it's going to be fascinating how this all shakes out because you're. I'm interested to see what guys currently – I'm not talking about under 30 – are going to make that list. We Curry's 32, Durant's 32. Right. They're all in. Harden's 32. The guys who were drafted like in the late 2000s, that's not a debate. It is the no. current besides Giannis. Okay, who 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 in in in, in is in Kawhi. Who yeah. Luka, Trey Young like we mentioned you like are there going to be is there a 25 or 20 like Shaq was literally 24 when he made that team. When 96, 97. He was he was that was his 24 to be 25 year. Yeah. That was okay. just, that, that was the NBA, you know, foreshadowing, basically. Yes. yes. And so they yeah, obviously you saw like, okay, this dude's gonna be a beast. So is there someone who's 25, 26 who's gonna make that team? Marcus Smart, obviously. What about yeah. uh Luca is a guy what that will get a lot of freaking votes. We're, we're a lot of, especially from young people, before, I can't get remember. a lot of support. We'll get a lot of support. Is he the only? We, he's got to be the only guy, though. I mean, of, of that group, like, don't give me Trey Young. I mean, just don't. I mean, I, I mean, no, I not Trae. yet. No, not yet. You yeah, you can't sell. Yeah, me put him on the hundred team. Put him yeah, on the hundred team. Yeah, but yeah. like the the, I got it. Like Luca's the only guy I would feel any good about in terms of that adding. Any one of these younger superstars to a list, that's right. the only guy I feel good about. Just because you know it's coming. Right. As long as he stays healthy. Anyway. Like, I'm not adding DeAndre Ayton. I'm not adding Bam Adebayo. <laughs> I'm not adding Adebayo. Jason, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or Ben Simmons. Right. Joel Embiid, maybe? Can we? Joel Embiid. What do you want? That, ah, Joel Embiid. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I want to see the list, Gary. I want to see the list. Kyrie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. Champion. Jokic. It's Jokic. Man, just one MVP. Fresh off the MVP, too. Jokic. Is he? Ah. I don't know. I don't think Jokic makes it. I don't think so either. Just fresh off the MVP. I mean, Giannis is a lock because he's a two-time MVP and an NBA champion now. Like, that's lock. Well, multiple. Jokic. I don't know if I can get on the Jokic train. So. There's uh, very, very interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Who gets, there's going to be 10 guys bumped off. There's going to be 35 new players, I believe, on this list. At least 10 guys get bumped off. Hmm. And they're all going to be either yes. dead or in their 70s. I don't think, you know, like, we'll have to see. But I think that they did a very good job 
in 97 of getting all the recent guys, the 80s and 90s, the Barclays. Like, they're not bumping Barkley off. They're not bumping Isaiah off. They're not right. bumping, obviously, Magic and Bird. You know, they're, they're, they're in. Russell's going to stay. Chamberlain's in. But some of these guys, the, you know, Dolph Shays, the Bob Pettits, yeah. uh, Dave Bings, Bob Lanier's, like, those are the guys I think that will be questioned. And how does that, how do you come to your, Hall of Famers, your legends, and go. You're you didn't make this cut. Like that's a tough one. Like I applaud the NBA for doing this. We'll see what happens in the voting, but it's fascinating. Fascinating. It. Uh, I think I don't know if it's going to be because obviously the All Star Game will be back in Cleveland, like it was in '97. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's some. I think they said October, but I, if I'm them, I do the I do the all I do the All Star weekend. I don't know if you can do like. You did in 97 and bring all those guys there. That was historic. And then, yeah. look, a guy like Maravich might be bumped off. Or Bill Walton. Like, you know, those guys made it. Maravich, sure. if, a note here. Of the 50 that got voted in, okay, 47 made it to Cleveland. Hmm. Okay? Did you guys know that? 47? No, I didn't. I 49 didn't anyway. of, of the 50 that – if the 50 that voted in, 49 were still alive. Maravich was the only one that was dead. Shaq didn't show up because he had a knee injury and missed the All-Star game and Jerry West. So Shaq didn't even get – Shaq, I mean, it's crazy. And he said afterwards, well, if I had known it was going to be like that, where there was going to be like legends and, you know, those guys came out at halftime and all wore the jackets. You had Mike and Chamberlain and Russell yeah. all in one place. Like that's historic. And Shaq didn't show – like Shaq doesn't show up. Like, <laughs> Like, like, come on, man. Like, come on. Well, where was West? Even, the logo. West was, like, sick. And okay. West was, like, West might have been, like, you know, West might have been, like, 63 at the time or something. Okay. He 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 said he was ill. Yeah. But Shaq doesn't show up yeah, to that thing. Bad. That was the funny part. Like, because he, he did not play in the All-Star game that year because of his knee. Yeah. And, yeah. And then you look and you see the his, the history. Like, you're just never going to get that again. So it's a fascinating thing, but we can think of we – can, we can bring up 35 guys who, are, who could be qual- qualified for that. Let's say we have Embiid, mm-hmm. Giannis, Jokic, you know, what about those guys? Yep. And then some of the guys from the early 90s, Kid is a guy. Yep. Um, you know, Grant Hill kind of shaky – because of because because of his injuries, injuries but there's yeah. guys who were like in the middle. Alonzo Mourning, you know, uh, could be uh, could be on that list. Obviously, we're going to put in. We're going to go with you know Duncan's Duncan's in. Yeah, you know, it's whole, it's fascinating. That whole three. I mean, Manu, Zian. Yeah, I don't know. Parker. Manu and Parker mm. might be like questionable, but like you know, you just you just look. You look at the class of 03, LeBron, Melo, Wade, you put Bosch on there. You know, that's, you know, that's debatable. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are going to be very interested in to see if they make this list. And then we all, you know, the Currys, the Hardens, the Durants, the LeBrons, like all that, you know, we all know they're in. So someone's getting their spot taken, unfortunately. More you only have somebody, more, you know. I, I just don't know if I can get behind the Luca thing. The more I think about it, I mean, I know he's all all world and going to be. This it, that would be typical. So it was projection, just like Shaq. Right. Shaq was dominating the league at that time, but he was only twenty four. And it was a shorter put, list, which is even yeah. more remarkable. You put Luca on there. Yeah, yeah. They put Shaq in over, like we said, Dominique and Artis Gilmore. Right. Um. In, in in those days, so it it would be fascinating to see, like, who makes this list. Who from very current NBA makes this list, the under 30? And and then is there guys that were omitted or were young in 96, 97? You know, because obviously you're going to go with Kobe. You're going to go with, I mean, is Ray Allen is up for it? Pierce, all those guys. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) You get plenty of people reading, uh, you know, Bleacher Report and everybody else is going to put out their lists. I'm, uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, 
seeing yours, obviously. Yeah, that was something, would, I would, uh, that's something I would definitely tackle. It, uh, it it would seem at this point weird to go back to talking about this year's Celtics. So, Evan, anything uh, you'd like to add before we get out of here? I guess the only question I have is, can we take anything away from Tatum's Olympics, you know, in terms of his relationship with Ime? I guess it's my only question. Do you have any, you know, I mean, they were able to good, talk, but... get closer. I don't think Ime was sitting there talking like plays with him and X's and O's. I do think that they were just, it was an opportunity for them to get to know each other. And I also think there was a good opportunity for to, to, for Tay to play under Pop, to learn how to be a better defender, to be a game changer and more than just scoring. You know, he had a couple of key block shots in that run. You know, he had some stops. He was able to rebound because remember, like, they didn't really have any rebounding. Um, Tatum had to rebound. He had to distribute the ball at times. I think a couple of games he was their leading assist man. So I think the, the, the experience for him was invaluable. And you only wish that Jalen was healthy enough to join him in Tokyo because he would have obviously been on that team um, had he not hurt his wrist. So I, I think they have a lot uh, of upside. I think it will be a productive, a positive year. Now, they're going to be favorites. No, you know, you got a healthy Brooklyn team that's realigned. Now they got Patty Mills and um, they brought back Blake and, and they're fought, you know, they're ready to roll. If you, if they're, if they're completely healthy and with no distractions, Milwaukee's going to want to prove some things. Miami is retooled. We, uh, you know, we don't know about, as Bobby Mark said, we don't know about the Sixers and uh, what, what they're going to bring. And then there's going to be a rock, couple of rising teams, Charlotte, um, you know, Chicago, mm-hmm. what about Indiana? You know, a, a lot, a lot, a lot left to be determined in the East. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. We'll come on back next week and talk some more, see what's happened. But if there's any breaking news later tonight, Gary has promised he will not be the one reporting it because he wouldn't do that to us. This show is powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code NFL100 for a 100% welcome bonus. Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe, Evan Valenti. I'm Adam Kaufman. Gary, thanks always for the time, my friend. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, folks. We'll join you again next week.